Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our websites, Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com. The CDC recently issued its regulations for cruise lines to begin sailing again out of U.S. ports. And right now, Cruise lines are free to test the new protocols on their ships, sailing with crew only. And the crew only testing involves implementing the new protocols, which involve uh, extensive testing of passengers, quarantining, how quarantining will be done in those close quarters, requirement for social distancing on the ships and the rest because as you may remember early in coronavirus late last winter there were some horrific situations with coronavirus spreading in the close quarters of ships and it destroyed the public's confidence in going on cruises and then we had the thing where there were ships out at sea where no port would allow the ships in no country would allow them in and it was it was really really ugly so cruises have basically been um, non-existent except for a very small number that have taken place in isolated spots around the world and until uh, now the cruise lines have known they were just in a holding pattern well three cruise lines represent ownership of 80% of brands and cruise ships in the world, cruise berths in the world, the biggest Carnival, second biggest Royal Caribbean, third biggest Norwegian in CL. And under each of their corporate umbrellas, they own a bunch of different cruise brands. So now the next shoe to drop after the CDC issued its regulations is NCL has decided they're not even going to try to do sailings in the remainder of 2020. Uh, Cruise ship stocks took quite a hit from that as they made that decision. A number of cruise lines otherwise are trying to start sailings that will involve Christmas time, and we will see. So the cruise lines are supposed to do when they do start sailing again, uh, certain things involving the social distancing thing, including mask orders. But it doesn't say in the order, it leaves it um, open to interpretation, if passengers have to wear a mask at all times in public areas or not. That will be up to the cruise lines. And then the ports of call are going to be very heavily restricted under the CDC orders. 
So the idea of just getting off a ship at an island port and going on whatever shore excursion you want to go on, that is not part of the deal. And reality is that a lot of the people who go on cruises regularly are older and they're generally afraid to go because of the risk to health and life that coronavirus has really visited on those that are older than 65 years old. So cruises will be back, just not as soon as the cruise lines want to be back in any significant numbers. And now there are guidelines specifically for how that would be done. It's time for your questions. You posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel take turns. And Kim, what you got? All right, Clark, this is from Jeffrey in Tennessee. And Jeffrey says, once or twice over the past year, Clark has indicated that he prefers Medigap programs to Medicare Advantage programs. Could he please elaborate on this preference? Yes, and when this came up before, do you remember, Kim, how many Clark stinks we got on this one? Yeah, a lot of people disagree with you on this. A lot. Okay, so here's the deal. The advantage of a Medicare Advantage plan is that it makes your care potentially less expensive. It also makes your costs much more predictable than they are by having the traditional Medicare Part A, B, D, and a Medigap. So the Medicare Advantage plans overlay a lot of what you would normally pay for separately and deal with a confusing mix of out-of-pocket and then what of out-of-pocket is covered by uh, Medigap and on like that. So there are two areas where Medicare Advantage plans are potentially a strong disadvantage. One, if you do travel frequently out of area from where your Advantage plan is, you may find that your coverage choices are very limited or not really available. Two, if you decide you want to go from an Advantage plan back to traditional Medicare, you may have trouble qualifying for underwriting for a Medigap policy that you would prefer to have. So that's why you'll hear people say going into an Advantage plan is like Hotel California. You can check out, but you can never really leave, or however that phrase goes. And so that's the thing with Advantage plans, is that if you're comfortable with the facilities and doctors available, and you don't travel a lot, you don't have any real desire to, once you're in one, ever leave, an Advantage plan may be more to your wallet's advantage. And that's about the best explanation I can give. Joel? Clark Joe in Texas says you often mention moving an old high-fee 401k to a traditional IRA with one of your favorite investing companies. But what about HSAs? How do I know if my HSA is high-fee? And if so, is it possible and easy to transfer it? It is possible, generally fairly easy, for you to move your HSA money. And as I've shared recently, the two places best for HSAs if you're going to invest your money are with Fidelity Investments or Lively. And with both of them, you have access to a wide suite 
of investment options for HSA money at very, very low costs. Now, with an HSA that you're really just parking money, it's not terribly difficult for you to figure out if you're being ripped off because they have to disclose to you what fees you're paying for having your HSA with them. And moving the money from one to another, once you pick where you want to move your money to, the company you want to move to will help you with the bureaucracy of moving your money from the old high-cost HSA. Kim? Don in Georgia says, I currently have all of my insurance coverage, home, auto, and umbrella policy with one carrier. Now I have received a very aggressive lower cost auto quote from another large name provider. What happens to me if I switch out my auto? Will my homeowners and umbrella policies go up in price? They could, and it depends. Insurance companies love doing tying, where they tying's what it's called, when they get you into multiple lines of insurance, all with one company that gets you a multi-line discount. The concept of tying is that they tie you up, that it's hard for you to, to dump them in part. You can generally only easily dump them in a hole where you take all your business elsewhere. So uh, what you could do is you could call your existing insurer and ask specifically straight on. Say, I have this much, much lower auto insurance quote from someone else. I'm thinking of moving my auto insurance. What increase will that lead to in exact dollars for my homeowners and for my umbrella coverage? And they almost certainly will disclose that amount to you, and then you'll be able to see if there's an overall savings to you for breaking your bundle. Joel? Clark Debbie in Arkansas says, I'm a long-time listener. I appreciate all the great information I've gotten through the years. My son is having a destination wedding in Antigua, late May of 2021. I was looking at airfare and tracking flight prices, and I see that they range, uh, fare ranges from $700 to $1,200 round trip. I was wondering when would typically be the best time to purchase airfare. Also, both my husband and I have excellent credit and could open up a new credit card if you know of any travel rewards uh, cards that would work for these flights. Wonderful last part of your question, because nobody's really getting travel reward cards right now. With a route like Antigua, which is so expensive, getting a card that will earn you points is a great way for you to get there, because many times with the routes to the Caribbean, Central America, and South America, uh, redeeming points is much cheaper is a way of getting there than otherwise. The Chase Sapphire rewards cards are usually the ones that give you the best upfront bonus, but compare also those to what would be available from Capital One Venture to see what would get you the most sign-up bonus points that you could use for the trip for the destination wedding. The other advantage with using points is generally with a point redemption, you're going to be able to redeposit points where if you buy a fare ticket, we don't know how easy it's going to be in 21 to uh, get your money back for a trip if it's still not coast clear 
on going to a destination wedding when we get to spring of 21. Kim? Joseph in Florida says, I want to join a major fitness company, but they only offer a bank account draft for monthly payments. I'm concerned about giving out that information because of lack of consumer protections versus a credit card. Should I be concerned about this or is using a bank checking or savings account auto draft number safe? You are right to be suspicious and worried in this area. This has been a problem as far back as I can remember with a health club, even when you choose to terminate, continuing to draft your checking account. And the way the law works on that kind of draft, you are not easily protected. The law is very poorly designed with a lack of consumer protections. What I recommend in the case with an automatic draft for a health club is set up a free online checking account with one of the online banks, no minimum, no monthly fees, and you set that one up as where money is drafted for a health club. In the event you drop out of the health club fitness center, whatever, you're able to uh, exit from it and know they aren't getting at your real money in your regular checking account, you can just close that online checking account when you discontinue your membership. Joel? Clark Edward in Oklahoma says, I hear you recommend a website for purchasing online eyeglasses. What was that site? Well, the one that has gotten the best customer service rating and has incredibly low prices is Zenni Optical, Z-E-N-N-I optical.com. Consumer Reports loves them. Your wallet will love them, too. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Jonathan joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jonathan. Hey, Clark. How you doing? Great, thank you. So, Jonathan, you've been a good saver trying to hit a goal, and the goal is buying a home, right? Yes, sir, it is. And you have ended up saving what percent of what the purchase price of a home is going to be? Uh, it's going to be 5%. So you've come up with 5% down, so you're going to be doing like an FHA loan? No, sir. You're going to be able to do a conventional with um, private mortgage insurance? Yes, sir. Okay. How can I be of service to you then? So I really don't want to touch my money and my savings, and I was wondering about doing either a hardship or a 401k loan. And I was wondering what your thoughts or maybe other suggestions. So what you've got available to you is the ability to borrow from your 401k, do the hardship withdrawal, or wipe out your savings and be living on fumes after you've made the down payment and secured the mortgage on the home. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. In that case, I'm going to shock you. The best okay. alternative in that particular circumstance is live on fumes. Go ahead and use your savings to make the down payment on the home, secure the mortgage, 
because you will have the option if the purpose of a rainy day fund is that if something bad unexpected happens that you have the money for it well at that point you could do a loan against your 401k but if you go ahead now and do a loan against your 401k you've created a borrowing cost that uh, probably is somewhere four to seven percent somewhere in there is that what it is for your 401k well if they said i can do uh it was a four and 25 uh four point Four point two five uh, okay. for the loan, but I can do a hardship too. Yeah, I don't want you to do hardship because even okay. I mean you're going to generate tax you don't want to pay. So it really would be eliminating that option and look at borrowing from the four hundred one k. Your savings are earning close to zero. The four hundred one k you'd be paying four and a quarter if you did the wipeout of your savings and then set about to rebuild it every month you start putting money back into savings you'll start to rebuild because otherwise if you do the 401k loan you're making a payment plus interest back to the 401k i'd rather you make that payment back to building up your own savings and if something happened financially unexpected then your best option would be at that point to borrow from the 401k but I'd say that's later, not now with buying the home. So I hope that makes sense because it's not like you have no option in the event that you had no money, but you'd know that your backstop would be the 401k loan. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. Our website's clark.com and clarkdeals.com. I have had so many questions over the years, in the, and an increasing number in the last five, from people who want to do investing that has, for them, a social good to it. What now even has its own set of initials, ESG, which is um, environmental, social, and the third thing is governance. The idea being that when you put your money to work in a Roth IRA, 401k, or investment account, that you want the money to be with companies that you support instead of those you don't like. And so it's been the fastest growing area that people have been contributing to in 401ks. Well, there was a proposal issue that I talked about a few months ago where the Labor Department was considering outlawing you being able to invest in funds that follow ESG investing strategies, and you would only be able to, in an employer-sponsored retirement plan, to go into funds that do not consider whether a company is socially responsible, environmentally oriented, blah, blah, blah. And there was a comment period for this. 95% of people said, leave it alone and let us invest how we want. The Labor Department decided, nope, we're not going to leave it alone. We're not going to allow you to do this anymore. And the change goes into effect a year from now. So 
when I've had questions from people about whether they should specifically put their money in these kind of funds, I've said, you've got to make your own choice. I don't do that. I invest in index funds where I own little pieces of hundreds or thousands of companies. And I don't choose to um, follow certain uh, wishes I might have socially or environmentally or whatever and how I invest because I want to get the greatest return with the money I have, which has been an answer that people have been unsettled by. I've had Clark stinks about it, but it's just how I invest. I think it was a dumb decision of the Labor Department. There are lawsuits about it. It may not ever take place. Because if somebody wants to invest their 401k plan into an environmentally sensitive mutual fund, they should be able to do that. That should be their choice. And I think it was great overreach, particularly with the responses in the proposed period being overwhelmingly beyond anything I'm used to. 95% of people saying, leave my 401k alone. And the feds went ahead anyway to interfere. I think it's childish. But here's something you should know. Particularly with environmental issues, the marketplace is moving your direction anyway if you're really environmentally oriented. Do you know that when you look at the large stock index, only 2% of it now is energy companies? Energy companies are so unloved by investors who see a completely shifting marketplace away from oil, away from coal, any form of old polluting energies. Energies, is that a a word you can make plural? Energy? Anyway, that putting your money in an index fund will still leave almost none of your money invested in polluting industries. And so people are voting with their wallets and Wall Street is placing collectively value on companies that are looked at as the companies of the past that are so small they're becoming almost irrelevant in investing. So my feeling, it's not my thing to choose to invest the way that it has been so popular with the ESG funds. But I think you should have that choice to do it if you want to. But even if you can't, in your employer plan, if you do have a Roth IRA or any personal investment account, there's nothing the Labor Department can do that'll keep you from being able to invest that way otherwise. It's time for your questions. You posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel take turns, and it's Kim's turn. That's right. And this is from Celine in Georgia. Celine wants to know, does Clark have any opinions on fiber optic internet service? I'm moving to a new apartment complex next month, and I have a choice between a cable provider or fiber optics for my streaming needs. I live alone, but I stream a lot, and I have no need for any bundling. Wonderful. So the advantage of fiber optic from, that would be from typically your phone company, is that it's much faster potentially for internet than you would have from traditional phone company, um, what's called paired cable, paired wires. And so 
think of something we used to call DSL, which was so slow that Comcast did those cute commercials about the slow skis that were on just pitiful phone company DSL. But fiber optic should be very fast. Cable service through coax should be very fast. So I would make the decision on speed and if one or the other doesn't have a data cap and the costs are equivalent, go with it whichever one does not have a data cap because the data cap thing is poison to your pocketbook and you don't want one. Joel? Clark Ron in North Carolina says, when someone has a conflict with a business and they feel like they're getting ripped off and they cannot resolve the conflict on their own, how should they decide whether to report that problem to the Consumer Protection Agency or to the Better Business Bureau? If it is a bank, a credit card company, a debt collector, payday lender, auto loan provider, any kind of banking type thing, you want to go to consumerfinance.gov. That's where you will have your greatest chance of getting a quick response and hopefully some level of satisfaction. If it is not a financial institution or a financial product that you're having a problem with, the Better Business Bureau has been an effective tool for you to try. It doesn't mean it'll solve the problem, but it may help get a problem solved at bbb.org. You don't have to know which BBB chapter handles complaints about a particular organization. If you go to bbb.org and you put in the information and the name of the company, it should successfully route you to which Better Business Bureau handles complaints about that company. And it is something that's so frustrating when a company puts this on ignore, especially now during the pandemic, people are having far more problems with customer no service than they were pre-pandemic. Kim? Mike in Ohio says, Clark, you recently said that unless we make over $400,000 a year, we should be looking into Roth options. But at just over $200,000 a year, a married couple is ineligible for a Roth IRA. What gives? Okay, great, uh, great question. I think you're mixing and matching different pieces of advice I've given. The over 400000 is specifically a trigger when I tell people that that's the point at which you may consider whole life insurance instead of level term. Um, that's because the way the tax code works and the tax brackets work, you have to be making a huge annual income before you can overcome the massive expenses of a whole life insurance policy, the ginormous commissions and embedded expenses that would make it potentially worth it for you to do versus having just a traditional investment account. What you said about Roths is right. You have strict income limits for contributing to a Roth. And so that really is not part of this discussion with the amount of income. In a traditional investment account with money invested in ETFs or in index funds, the tax treatment is pretty favorable even if you are a income earner earning a really decent check and you only get to the point where it becomes more of a competition 
with a whole life insurance policy, when you do get in that rarefied air of north of $400,000 a year in income. Joel? Clark Sonny in Georgia says, I got my 14-year-old son his first phone, an iPhone 12. I know it's a little expensive for a 14-year-old, but he's a good kid and deserves it. The question I have is, should I get Apple Care for the phone? I'm leaning towards getting it, but I really would like your thoughts and opinions before I do. Apple Care is incredibly expensive. Uh, you look at what it costs per month, you add it up over time, it's a huge ransom for you to pay for the possibility that a 14-year-old, a 24-year-old, a 44-year-old, or any age-old person will mistakenly drop a phone and it will crack or whatever else. So I'm a much bigger fan of buying a really, really nice case for any phone that is one of those indestructible kind of cases that take away the sleekness and beauty of the latest iPhone or Samsung. And those cases are a much cheaper insurance policy. But speaking of cheaper insurance policies, if you decide to go the insurance route, see if there's a credit card you carry that if you pay your cell phone bill with that credit card, it provides automatic coverage for damage or theft of a cell phone. That's the cheapest way to do it. The next cheapest is by third-party coverage, like from Square Trade, for damage to a phone, rather than Apple Care, which again is a king's ransom. Kim, Bruce in Texas says, "I'm an Amazon Prime member. Lately, most of my in-stock orders are arriving to me within three to five days. It seems like they're rarely delivered in one to two days, like before." So what's up with that, and should I still be paying for Prime? (laughs) Good question. I I haven't mentioned I had an Amazon order that was supposed to be a one-day delivery that came in 11 days recently, and they wouldn't even let me cancel it when I tried to cancel it. They said my only option was to return it, and then on top of it, the item was stolen after it was delivered. (laughs) Fortunately, it was only a $12 item. Not a bad, not a good experience for me. You know, with Amazon, if you want to drop the 119, if you don't watch Prime Video or use the other extras like the Prime Music and things like that, as long as you order typically above a certain threshold with Amazon, you get free delivery anyway. If you're ordering infrequently, you're not getting anywhere close to one to two day delivery then why don't you try life for a while without Prime and see if you miss it? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Mike, you unfortunately have joined me in the Cancer Club, and yours seems really serious. What's the scoop? Yeah, diagnosed with a form of cancer, it's not curable, but it's treatable. Um, so I was sort of going along, I'm a long-time listener, and have been trying to max A for retirement. So this kind of obviously changes everything, and I'm just wondering what I should do with my you know, future retirement savings and what I've got in there now because of the uncertainty. And are you, have you done such a great job saving that considering the range of lifespan that you have that maybe you just want to bag work now, or are you going to continue to work and it's just trying to figure out what you should do with your money? I'm going to continue work. Um, I, I will be eligible for a pension eventually, and the, the goal is to continue work for the health insurance. Okay. All right. Well, I I want to tell you I'm I'm really, really sorry about what you're facing, and it sounds like are, are you in one that's uh, cancer that comes under disease management that you could have a near normal lifespan, or is that not likely? It doesn't sound likely. The databases show there's a four-year survivability. Oh, no. Um, the hope is to get, you know, remission 10 to 20 years. Okay. All right. It so, certainly won't be, a, you know, I won't be walking on the beach drawn from my 401k when I'm in my 80s, I don't think. Unless something changes. So uh, if I'm following what you're saying, you face potentially somewhere between a four-year lifespan in front of you to 20 years somewhere in that range correct and you've been max saving in 401k kind of things is that where you principally done it yeah mostly pre-tax 401k Roth um, I have some rollover accounts as well and they're all in sort of age-based targets 2030 and 2035 so in your case uh, this is going to be crazy but I would move your money in the target retirement fund categories to 2025. Okay. Which would turn out to be too conservative if you end up um, out kicking the lifespan you expect. But you know, with 2025 fund, it doesn't all go to complete stable funds on January 1st, 2025, the idea is you still have stock exposure from that point even moving forward, but it's a more conservative portfolio. So that if you reach a point where you're like, well, I'm not going to make 20 years, I'm going to have less time, I'm just going to go enjoy it, you will have taken a move by going to 2025 where you've made your portfolio more conservative less downside risk with it and more ability for you to feel comfortable you're going to be able to enjoy the money in the time you have left but if you end up living at the wider band of the possibilities it means that you're going to have money that is uh, growing with some exposure to stocks through the years after 2025. Okay. Um, All right, great. Thank you. That was a uh, that's a great suggestion. And your pension that you said you're going to be eligible for, is it one that uh, you will be able to leave to another loved one? 
No, there's a small defined death benefit, but it won't be. A, I lose most of that. Okay. All right. Well, I want to wish you the best, and I hope that you are doing research in the medical journals to see if there's somewhere in the country you should be going for your second opinion on this where people are doing more research on your particular cancer. And I hope that you live a very long time, longer even than your most optimistic expectations. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.